Kyle Workman and I'm the composer on the show Love. We're going to talk a little bit about the music and some of the things I've done in the past, etc. Well, Lyle, thank you so much for uh, inviting me here into your studio. It's a real pleasure to sit down and talk with you. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> so to, to start, let's go back to the beginning. I'd really love to know how you found your, I guess, your calling to how music, or maybe music found you, and what kind of set you on this path ending up here as a composer, because I know you didn't start off as a composer. Right. But so kind of how did that the, the initial beginning start? The beginning, beginning. The very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like a lot of kids, uh, uh, bit by the Beatles bug. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was the coolest thing to do is to be able to play Beatles songs on your right. guitar or drums uh -huh. or whatever. And so I just, I started off just be, being a kid, wanting to play music in, in bands and write songs and things like that. Yeah. And um, what, what was the, what was your career, like, I guess, what when did your career start in music and when did you start being able to be like, okay, I'm getting paid to be a musician and because I, I, I you're a guitarist as well that's what you, kind of your starting point right in your yeah so uh -huh. how did that kind of all begin well very b baby steps you yeah know, it starts with being in the garage with your friends right and then getting a couple gigs maybe yeah. playing the high school dance <laughs> you know those kinds <laughs> Doing, of things yeah and then that progressed to being in you playing in clubs right and then uh being in a band a club band that got a record deal I was in a band in the late 80s that got signed to Island Records wow. was a band called Bourgeois Tag. Mm -hmm, right. And we did two records for for Island Records. And that must be getting signed to a record. That, that was, was, yeah. That I, must have been the, your top of the world. Well, I remember happened. thinking when I got the call, I, we, I've made it. You know, like I felt that that was like when I've, you right. know, little did I know that it was going to be a long haul. <laughs> you know, that was just the beginning. You know, right. it wasn't like, all oh, right, I'm, you know, I'm going to go buy, buy a house now. You know, yeah, that exactly. wasn't it at all. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was it was I guess uh, validation for all the years of hard work that now I'm you know being recognized in that way, and my our group was being recognized and right. got the chance to make a record. And we um, we were managed by Bill Graham mm -hmm. out of San Francisco, who was you know a gigantic rock promoter. Right. And uh, so we had this great advantage of being able to go out with other bigger bands at the time and tour with them. Mm -hmm. So we toured you know we toured in the United States and Europe and. Um, did two records, and then Todd Rundgren, who had produced our last record, uh, asked our band to be his band in the studio. Oh wow! And so we did that and made a few few records with him and mm -hmm. did some touring. And so that that sort of started me more into this the the idea of being more of like a session musician, right. touring musician, and mm -hmm. that's kind of was the that was the focus right at that point. You kind of made this little starting career as, an, as a session musician. Um, when was was film and television ever on the radar for you at, during these times, or when did it start of kind of appearing or poking its way into your life and be like, oh, where, where is this coming from, or were you yeah. always seeking it out? It started happening uh, on this on the uh, the side of being a, a hired gun to play on uh, jingles, commercials, and okay. movies, right. working with some composers in town. So. I just thought the process of making music to picture was was really was really fun because I've also been always I've always loved movies, mm -hmm, always yeah. loved mu um, music and film music. Right, right. And um, you know, I just my focus was more on just the playing part of it, not necessarily the the, the composing. Although I'd always I've always written music, you know, in the mm -hmm. bands I've always written music. I've been in. I've, all, I've always had tape recorders and tech, technology, yeah. and was always making pieces of music, instrumental music, mm -hmm. vocal music, whatever. And my my 
my range of interests was from you know blues to rock to jazz classical yeah. so you know, i was a big music head you know yeah what I mean? and so all those things i was doing growing up sort of helped me when i finally became a composer oh but you, uh to sorry. answer your question yes sir sorry um <laughs> So I started doing sessions for a, 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 jing, a jingle agency here in Los Angeles. I moved to Los Angeles in the mid-90s. And where you originally from? From Northern California. Okay, so not too yeah. far of a, a relocation. Not but too bad. Yeah. Um, but I didn't walk. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, just just doing sessions around town. And, and one agency that was hiring me a lot to play on their, their commercials. So well, we know you write. Why don't you try writing some of these? So started doing that and mm. you know landing some pretty big accounts I just liked the process of those I, I enjoyed it and uh, yeah um, and then one of the sessions I was doing in, in town was with a producer I'd known from, from the Bay Area and the central character in the band was uh, is friends with John Favreau and Vince Vaughn okay yeah they were doing a film they asked their friend to do it and and he in turn asked me to do it with him because he thought our skill sets together would, would yield this, this good, you know, overall uh, wider yeah. uh, uh, swash of music music that we can present right. the film that the film acquired. Right. And that was a film called Made. Right. So that was my first film. Yeah, and John and Favreau I, directed that. John yeah. Favreau, yeah. yeah. And it was just a great experience. I loved it. Um, he brought me on to do a, a show he had. It was a show called Dinner for Five. Right, and they had a group of Group of people having, yeah, yeah, just having dinner, and I did that. And I just, I just, I just really loved that. I wanted to keep it going, and um, but I, I, I suppose the biggest break would be um, kind of a chance encounter uh, of meeting uh, a Universal executive through another composer who needed some guitar on his personal project. Mm -hmm. So I ended up with the vice president of music in this studio. Wow. Doing him a favor, you know. Right. Uh, and, and I sent him <laughs> off with a CD and said, you know, by the way, I also I also write music. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, co compose. And here and you go. That became... I thought that was the end of it. So he, he called me later because I really like what I heard. And I've got uh, this project, this movie. And uh, I think some of your music, the style, at least some of the stuff you was on your CD would fit really well. That was a movie called Kicking and Screaming with... Uh, uh, Will Ferrell and Robert right, Duvall, right, yeah, yeah, soccer kind of kids movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, one of the producers was Judd Apatow, and I think right around that time he signed a deal with Universal to direct. Right. And so, due to that uh, that uh, chance chance encounter, encounter, I was kind of my name was mentioned, and I was allowed to uh, write some, write some music and demo a scene, and I I got the gig, and that was Forty Year Old Virgin. Forty Year Old Virgin, which launched. I mean, your yeah. career, Judd's career, Steve Carell's career, that was yeah. everybody involved on that picture. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I was just, I just had lucky enough to be a part of that group. Wow. And, you know, from then on, super bad. And, getting the degree, getting, yeah. getting Sarah Marshall, yeah. and every amazing comedy or yeah. dramedy in the past like, decade. So. Yeah, it was, yeah, so it really was. I, I, of course I did the work, you know, but I really feel super fortunate that the, the success of those oh, films, because yeah. a lot of times... It's the success, you know, mm -hmm. not necessarily. Well, it, it is the music to a degree, but you know what I mean. It's just the the industry focuses a lot on success. Absolutely, just the way the, it's, it's just what the, the money that it pulls in. And, yeah, and that's how they rate success. It is a yeah. business, and you have to and it's a balance of right. You try to do your thing as a composer, as an artist, and uh -huh. it has to be a product that sustains itself. So yeah, yeah. 
So that's pretty much how I, it, it happened. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> that's amazing. With Judd, I mean, he's uh, such a prolific writer, director, producer. Um, probably one of the few, you could say, auteurs that are kind of in the industry and really you know, have, have a brand to his name. Um, when you work, I mean, you did 40 Yard Version and did some of the other stuff that he produced. And it's it's almost a brand of uh, comedy drama character focused comedy that yeah. he's kind of built. Um, so it's not ha ha. I mean, it is laugh out loud funny in certain parts, but it's also these characters with emotions and there's some heavy scenes. So when you approach a project in this genre of I guess dramedy, what are you looking for as a as a storyteller when you first kind of sit down and start talking with either Judd or uh, Nick Stoller or, or any of the other directors you work with? I mean, what are kind of the first musical ideas that come to your mind and what you're trying to... What is the goal for your music, I guess, would be the question. Um, well, the interesting thing about about Judd's films is that you rarely play the comedy. Right. The comedy is really taken care of. It doesn't really need help with the music. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because... Uh, Even though you're scoring, more more of the focus is really in the is the more emotional mm -hmm. driven scenes and and the bringing the other dimension to the characters, you know I think we get the meteor meteor music is in those sections of the films, right? Um, and so it's really, uh, at least in those films, is bringing weight and uh, an emotional depth and kind of helping that along. And um, is it is it. I mean, I feel like in those certain situations, if you do too much, it can become melodramatic. Or absolutely, and there's a fine line where you have to kind of find the balance that works. Well, that's exactly right, and that right. that's it is is finding is, is trying to find that right element to where you're not, you know, hitting people yeah, over the head yeah. with it. it but it's sexier. basically just being very sympathetic to mm -hmm. the characters, and uh, and helping showcase them in in a positive light. Or, or in a realistic light, I should say. Right. Yeah. So, and do you compose, um, do you write like themes for characters? Do you write more like subtle melodies that kind of are to bring or identify the characters? Or do you just kind of maybe create a motif for the, the emotion itself or just the scene itself versus the character? I mean, kind of what is your approach in that sense? I, uh, both. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sometimes it's thematic with characters. Mm -hmm. Sometimes... Uh, or a group of characters, a couple. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's better to get melodic overload. You know, have yeah. a group kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just it just it kind of depends. Also depends on how much room you have for development of themes. You True. Know? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes films don't have a lot of like jazz movies don't have tons of original score. A lot of a lot of the big montage elements happen to be songs. Right. You know? so that's kind music. of that's kind of his uh, his style. Right. Um, so, you know, if you've got a nice theme, you want to have some room to develop it. So a lot of it just depends. Mm -hmm. you, know, you have to sort of look at the overall film and the amount of music that's uh, going to be in it and, and how it, uh, a theme can be um, developed over over time. Right. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when, you, I mean, when you're spotting the film, uh, do you already know what kind of licensed music that's going to be in there, what kind of the songs he's picked already, or do you not know that? To, or is it up to... Him and the editor to figure out. Okay, this is this will we'll use a you know famous song here and then use score after that. Or do you already yeah. kind of work? Do you have to navigate around the songs? Is that kind of? Yeah, the, the music supervisor or supervisors mm -hmm. uh, with in with in accordance with Judd, working alongside him. They 
they've, those are in place usually, right? You know, right away, or, right? Or, okay. or at least placeholders. Yeah. So you just know that this scene's already spoken for. Like you don't have most to. Most of the time. Okay. Most of the time, he has a pretty good idea where he wants songs. Okay. Yeah. And do you, in your personal opinion, do you think that in some cases licensed music can overshadow this function of a score, or do you think it, it does work hand in hand to actually create kind of a unified story, musical storytelling flow? Or do you think it sometimes it's like, oh, I kind of wish I could score the scene versus using, you know, <laughs> the super familiar pop song? Well, I think every composer is probably going to say, <laughs> I would rather have my music there right? than, than have, you know. But there's times when there's a, a, there, there's a song that has so much meaning yeah. to a lot of people. Right. And in the context of a particular scene, it's like, you know, it could be breathtaking. Right. You know, yeah. really good music supervision is is is, is great. Yeah, you know what I mean. They do. So, so they and they kind of. Uh, I mean, I feel like everyone working in music is the unsung hero in the film filmmaking industry because people yeah. kind of overlook it and don't realize the amount of work and decision making. Oh, goes absolutely. Into it. Yeah. No, I mean the the, uh, the the amount of work. I mean, sometimes these situation where you're just trying song after song after song after song. You're trying like so many. Yeah. Just trying to find that just uh, the killer track that that. It just you know it just brings this uh, familiarity to yeah. to a lot of people right. and an emotional response. It's not that it, that can't be done with 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 composed music because it definitely can. Yeah, yeah. It just depends, you know. It's just yeah. it's. It, I think in the case of the Apatow Productions, it's it's kind of a stylistic thing that that's a you know it's a how how Woody Allen has a you know his sort of Dixieland jazz kind of approach. Right. You know, what I mean, it's just it's kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And it, it brings a character to the to the project, right? Yeah, I did want to ask. Uh, and and forgetting Sarah Marshall is one of my favorite films, like comedies, like of all time. And I love your work in it, and I love oh. the writing and everything. Thanks. Um, uh, Jason Siegel's character is a composer in that movie. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. Did you get to compose the movie, the music within the movie, or was that? somebody else or something like his you mean the, the dracula musical well the, the dracula musical but also the the show he was composing the drones oh know? yes oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally yeah the uh the, what was it called criminal um, oh god i forgot blind justice yeah something like that. oh no there was one called blind justice i had wrote a theme yeah i did yeah i did i did so do you got that. to kind of play that svu law and order type absolutely cliche. yeah so that must have been fun <laughs> It was fun. It was fun. That whole pro project was great. Yeah, I mean, and and again, that, that follows in suit with character-based comedy, but also uh, drama as well. But yeah. but say something like that, um, uh, which takes place in Hawaii, and now Love takes place uh, in Los Angeles. Um, does that setting, a very familiar exotic setting, whether it's Los Angeles or Hawaii, does that play into your music at all? Oh, so much. So a hundred percent. That bringing flavors yeah. and textures and all that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, we just, in the case of Forgetting Sarah Marshall, we didn't want, like, Hawaiian music going to yeah. be. There's enough of Hawaiian in there. Um, we did do some songs that we had were sung in Hawaiian mm -hmm. for, for the soundtrack. Right. Um, but um, there was, it was, yeah, you can't be, you can't help but be influenced by the, the region, mm -hmm. uh, the location. In the case of Love, it's... You know, it's Los Angeles, which is, has such a, you know, Hispanic culture. Mm -hmm. You know, in the in the in the architecture and the the food, and the history you know, and everything. The yeah. history, oh yeah, big time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so, you know, after uh, trying, at the beginning, you know, Judd is really great with letting people kind of explore and bring their bring what they bring, 
to the project, you know, it's, it's evident in the actors he chooses. They, yeah. They're an incredible improvisational element right. that they bring to it. And, um, and I think he was kind of keen just to see where I would go. And then he was said, great, what else you got? He was just wanting to explore. Mm -hmm. And then toward, towards the end of the experimenting, experimentation phase, that's where I kind of came on the, we kind of came on this idea of making it more, you know, area specific. Yeah. Um, but more in a melting pot fashion, like this not straight up mariachi. Right, exactly. Or, but it's got flavors of, inst of, uh, uh, of uh, Mexican instruments, mm -hmm. uh, stringed instruments and percussion. Right. Uh, but, but sort of mixed in the sort of a pop sensibility, and that's that's kind of the music that would describe the the music of love, I think, pretty well. Um, so when you're you you're creating this kind of uh, Hispanic uh, soundscape for love, you know, bringing in Mexican instruments and the Mexican culture that kind of is really based in Los Angeles. Um, now you have that kind of that style sound for 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 your show that you've pinned down. Now, how do you kind of incorporate that to fit the characters who? are living in 2016 and, right. and they're modern young people, you know, like you and me or whatever, just working and just living, not maybe within that historic culture, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's, it's an impression of, of, of uh, ethnic music, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Right. It's, and the impression could be uh, borrowing an instrument from that music to mm -hmm. make emotional sounding music or mm -hmm. music that has any any number of um, tones to it mm -hmm. in, in terms of the uh, emotional range right um, so so it's, it's just bringing the instrumentation right into into the into the, the into the world and for for love it's a it's a Netflix series so is it a it's a 10 episodes the first season's ten. The so, next, the, the season that we're starting is going to be twelve. Okay, so a little yeah. bit more. So when you're when you're structuring your work for that um, season, are you kind of working, kind of just looking at every episode as its own little miniature story, or is your music kind of acting as an arc from episode one all the way to episode ten, kind of creating a connected flow between all of them? How do you kind of envision this structure? Well, there is a connective flow, but it's just due to the nature of the telling of the story. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's if, if I start with a certain sound or a track, and the, that that uh, corresponds to a character's scenario, mm -hmm. and then that character takes it to another level, then the music is similarly taken to to that level as well. Right. So I'm sort of in. Uh, inadvertently doing that yeah you know <laughs> without having the the, the uh, everything in, in 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 view of me right know? right so it's just sort of collectively building build, building something that's cohesive <laughs> and it's it, it must be also a different experience because it's a netflix show there's no commercial so you don't have to kind of yeah. structure it in a way with like commercial breaks or actual like an act out or stuff like that i think a lot right. of tv composers say like yeah you have to you have the act out act in and stuff like that yeah. so do you feel like it's a little bit more like working on a film versus a television show? Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. So you've um, worked with a lot of many different directors over your career. I mean, some of my favorites, including Judd Apatow, but also Nicholas Stoller and uh, Tom uh, McCarthy. Yeah. What you scored win-win for, and his film just won Best Picture, yeah. Spotlight. Sure. Um, do you find yourself having to, uh, as a composer, is it your job to adapt to... I guess a director's personality or directing style. I mean, is that a skill set that you think is important to have? Yeah, I do. 
Yeah. And, and and have you? I mean, are there some like key differences that you've noticed between, say, Tom's directing style versus Judd's directing style in terms of what they're looking for musically? Yeah. Um, it's always about serving the director. Right. You know, that's the that's that's everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about serving director director, and. And sometimes uh, directors very specific, mm -hmm. and sometimes they're not specific at all. Like they don't really know what they want. Mm -hmm. They have to hear it first. Okay, so it's up to you to, to yeah. make them decide uh, or allow them to. The well, yeah, you just have to go. They just have different process mm -hmm. processes that that they go that they come up with their goods. Right. Um, and uh, so it's my job to just to just to be not only aware of that, but to be accommodating. Right. And and creatively, do you prefer a decisive director who will be like, "I want this, this, and this," or do you want someone who's like, "I don't know, Lyle, give me what you got, and let's see how where it goes." Like, and creatively, what is more, I guess, better for you, more structure or more kind of a an open map? Well, it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. You know, because... I guess like how Judd says, you know, it's probably kind of the best working environment where he... Yeah. Know, familiarity, but... Yeah, you know, so if it feels right and yeah. it's, you know, feels good, then... Mm -hmm. um, you know, some people don't know. They have to see... They have to hear a bunch of things. Right. You know, you can't just give them something and have it work right away. They have to hear 15 other things mm -hmm. to be able to compare what they like the most. Other people like... I love that right away yeah you know so there's just there's just a uh, I think in the case of Judd is he's such a big music fan he loves right, loves right. loves music and so he you know he feels it yeah <laughs> um, and other people maybe not the, the music doesn't occupy that kind of space in right in, in their world um, so um, so you kind of want somewhere you want someone that knows what they like, you know, knows what they like, mm -hmm. but they also want to give, let the composer do what he does. You know, right. I mean, after all, I mean, he's you hire someone that, that has a certain expertise. You you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to you know block that. Yeah, right. <laughs> you want to you know let the, let that flourish and, and see where it can go. Right. So uh, looking at I mean your your career, you've really. Um, built I think a brand for yourself as well as a composer working in these uh, kind of dramedy uh, films um, is there any other genre that um, that kind of uh, you'd be like I really would wish I could score a sci-fi epic or really I wish I could score um, a horror film is there anything that's been like on your radar be like yeah I really I feel I have some ideas that I could uh, that part of my brain that really wants to go there yeah that you haven't done yet yeah. it's like the straight up drama just straight yeah just a great well acted uh meaty yeah drama yeah so th is that one of your i guess your favorite genre um i guess you might have two I, favorite like the yeah, genre i mean, I mean you know like doing a birdman or something you know yeah. just something like that 12 years a slave or mm -hmm. something that's just 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 so incredible uh uh incredible storytelling right and uh big scope you know, emotionally, that that would be. I would love doing that, yeah. but it would all be, be doing a Marvel film would be would be yeah, think, you know, that pretty town. wild too. <laughs> yeah, I kind of. It's all. I, I would like to do it all. I mean, I've always been about 
okay, I've done this, what can I do now? Right. You know, I have a tendency in, in like, even in bands and stuff like that, it's like, well, I think I've gone as far as I can go. Right. I think I better do something else now, you know. Right. I kind of had that urge to do something else, so. You know, I love doing the, co the you know, the comedies or dramas, whatever yeah, you want yeah. But um, there's always, you know, every composer wants to, wants to do, wants to have a piece of what he hasn't done yet. Right. It's this kind of nature. And do you feel like in this industry, um, and I talked to other composers about this too, do you feel like that once you get really good at something, is it, you get typecast in it, is it hard to break out of that mold to be like, oh, you're seen as the, the Apatow comedy guy, is it mm -hmm. hard to kind of um, Let me show think about that for a second. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to show your side and be like, oh, well, yeah. listen, I can, you know, uh, I, I have absolutely. this. Absolutely. I yeah. think there's, it's, there's a stereo, stereotyping. Yeah. It, big time. Right. I think it's very hard for a composer to get to, 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 to do something that's like not even connected at all. You know, right. I think it's very difficult. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I've known a few people who've, who feel a bit frustrated in that sense. It, yeah. is, it is frustrating. Yeah. But, you know, I think a lot of times, in a large part, people are not really, really paying attention to the music. Yeah. You know, even within the industry. Mm -hmm. You know, unless unless the music has such a big, important, uh, uh, takes up so much space of the film. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times, like in comedies, it's, you know what I mean? Right. People, I don't know, people really talk about it. The, the music and comedies. I mean, I'm so they do. Yeah. To do, but not to the degree of a big sweeping movie that's got ninety. You know, it's got uh, you know yeah. sixty minutes of score or like plus. Star Wars or yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Where it's just like ah, you're just being bombarded by music all the right, time. Right. Right. Um, but I honestly think you have the the more difficult job. I think to get your point across. And I talked to other comedy composers who's it's such a difficult genre. I think to to score well because it requires that kind of refinement or uh, kind of uh, being able to hold back and yeah. you know, kind of doing more with like a with like a fine point pen versus a giant brush you know yeah a lot of it's subtext you know that's how mm -hmm. I've always see it is what what can be added that that's not there right you know what I mean that's yeah, that's yeah. more my approach and you know sometimes in like in TV that you, you there's not to subtext, you know. Yeah. What I mean, it's more right. like we just need to help the joke along. Come yeah. on, you know, <laughs> let's not get so, you know, precious with the music here. And uh, you know, uh, I, I like when it's when there's more thoughtful, thought more thoughtful approach. Yeah, in it. you know, it's just a little more intellect behind the decisions. Yeah, and what the music is doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's all valid because everything is a specific thing. You know. What yeah, I mean? yeah. Um, but I, I I prefer the filmic approach mm -hmm. you know uh, which is indeed in, in, le in, in love right absolutely and I've I'm going to call back my show <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> love on Netflix yes <laughs> yeah. um, and the soundtrack is available it is uh, yeah it is a great soundtrack oh yeah. thanks it's it's awesome there's a lot of great uh, great music to listen oh, to oh thanks there. yeah I really think you did build uh, a unique sound in a oh, cool. uh, world for that show so. I had a lot of fun doing yeah, it and it's, I'm really looking forward to busting in the next season it's really strong I've seen a few episodes already yeah so I mean yeah. just maybe building off that now that you've done season one and you are just kind of starting season two I know you can't talk too much because you're just kind of getting into it but mm -hmm. do you see the show just as continuing or are you trying to evolve the music somehow is the music going to build to a new area or is it just going to be more of development of what you've done before it um it depends on where the characters are going mm-hmm so just on, on their it's journey. always yeah. it's always following them. 
right. you know, and it's, if they move to Japan, mm -hmm. okay, it's, it's probably going to sound different. Right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's not happening. It's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> They're not moving to Japan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very much, I'm, I'm just reacting to what I'm seeing. Yeah. That's my job. It's just to react. Yeah. You know, it, that's, that's it. So the, the music we hear is your emotional reaction. It starts there, mm -hmm. you know, and, and sometimes you get it right. Sometimes it's, it's not right at all, <laughs> you know. And then you kind of have to craft what the, should be the reaction, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and that's where the, you know, the, a good director was like, okay, yeah, what do you think? Then you do something and they come back and they either like or like, I, I don't think that you're, you're, you're not seeing it the right way. You're, 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 you're seeing it from this, this point of view or mm -hmm. the, his point of view, not her point of view. It, right. it should be more point of view you know that kind of thing it's like ah oh, okay. okay well these are good tips for me because i'm not a musician so I'll, yeah I'll, I'll, oh, okay yeah, when so you do your film yeah so yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm writing the you know it's, I, I think uh and at least in my case i don't need musical direction of course you know? yeah i just you know what 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 do you want to say exactly. what do, what is the purpose of the music in this scene mm -hmm. what what is it what do you want to do like well we really want to you know he's being uh He's being funny, but he's really hurt inside, okay. you know, and he's not, and, it, and you can kind of see it a little bit, but maybe we could help that. It's like, great. Perfect. That's all I need to That's know. That's all you need. Yeah. Okay. And then, then you try it and you it's either you hit the mark or, oh, it's too much, you yeah. know what I mean? So <laughs> right. it's finding that, it's, it's like you said earlier, yeah. it's finding that, that, that balance. Right. And I, yeah, that's something I think that can't really be taught. I think that's something that you have, you yeah. have the instinct, that instinct that you have as a storyteller. Or sometimes it's, it's, uh having no point of view you know what i mean mm -hmm. uh, uh, where the music is is providing a pace but it's not necessarily uh leaning on one emotion or the other mm -hmm. you know it's just uh, it's it's anticipatory or something you know what i mean right, it's like right it's that kind of a it's a it can be amb ambivalent mm -hmm. you know in the whole process uh, yeah i love it <laughs> it's really weird because it's um it's you're talking about music you know what i mean it's hard to talk about the, uh, about music in that way, in that um, you just hear it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't see it unless see you're, it, you know, or read it. You, you, you I mean, you can read music. You, but can, I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? It's just and, and, and it, it, uh, it, it it reacts. It affects different things than different people. Absolutely. So, but for me, like I said, if it's if you're talking about emotional tone, yeah, and pacing, that's 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 a really good start. You know, mm -hmm. to get to at least get me going. So if um, kind of a closing down or winding up here, um, if you had to give a young composer a tip, somebody who's getting into the industry um, and knowing what you know about how the business side works and how everything works, would you tell them, and I, I always talk about, you know, young composers or young, any filmmaker, you know, writer, trying to find their voice as an artist or voice uh, as a person trying to see what they can provide in their style, um, would you recommend them really working hard at what they're good at and perfecting it? Like in their kind of like, I'm good at this, I'm going to work until, until I perfect it. Or do, would you recommend them to branch out and take things within the unknown and just even there's no, they might fail really bad, but it's worth trying to figure out what what kind of that one. That one? That one. Failing and learning? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how you learn the most. Right. Yeah. It's, this, it's from the mistakes. Yeah. Uh, I think. There's really no perfecting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
that's the thing about music it's not it's, it just keeps going but um but I think diversifying your skill set mm -hmm. is is really important because you never know where it's going to, you know, where where it's going to take off or what opportunity lands in your lap. Yeah, too. I didn't set out. It's like I've got to do comedies. Yeah, it, it just happened. Right. It you know that's it's it's because you know in some of the interviews I've had, people like yeah you know does I talk about comedies maybe being harder like I. I almost don't have a perspective of that because I that's that's all I you know it's that's kind of where I started and that's most <clears throat> of what I do right um, so it was important that I was able to do it yeah you know what I mean right um, if I'd only if I'd only done super intense you know synth driven music I you know might not have gotten the, the gig. Absolutely. So I think that you know I just I I had a lot of hands and lots of different things growing up, mm -hmm. and lots of interests so that I just sort of was able to get a piece of of a lot of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, sort of, yeah. You know, uh, almost jack of all trades. I, I'm not sure that's a great <laughs> phrase, but uh, just versatility, I think. Just being just being versatile and being yeah. sensitive and and, yeah. and being able to uh, to get inside all kinds of different things and right. try to see how the, what what makes that music. What, how it's built and how it's put together and what makes it tick and how you can sort of put your own spin on it. Because ultimately, if you, can, if you can put your own spin on something and is accepted, well, then you sort of created something that's harder to get from someone else. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, yeah. You know, anytime someone says to a person, yeah, you've really got a style or I really, I really like that, you know, it's, it's, it, that's something you can sort of bank on. I yeah. Think. And I think that's, I mean, I, I, I think that's important. I mean, whether you're, filmmaker, a composer, costume designer, cinematographer, I think having that, that style that is your true voice and, yeah. and I think it's important, which I think you do have and and, and the work oh, that you've done has thanks. been I think that's why you stand out too. So Oh thanks. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I mean I am just I'm too close to what Yeah, you're I too do. close to what you do. No, I'm I'm more aware of what I have not what I haven't done or yeah. what what I'd like to do than right. what I've done. Um Yeah. You know, I, I you're just gonna need a lot of you not be able to go to a lot of places in music right and so don't put all your eggs in one basket you know that's a good, too much good tip yeah <laughs> <laughs> well Lyle, i want to thank you uh so much for for sitting down here it's been such a, a great pleasure and so insightful to talk to you today oh so. thanks for your interest as i've had a good time thanks thank you